It's championship week in college football, and I'm your host, Danny Mogo, here on the big Big Ten football show. So we're going to talk Big Ten championship here in our Big Bets episode. Last week, we went six and four plus two units to increase the record to 45, 30, and one plus 20 and a half units for you folks. Uh, 36, 21, and 1 on sides, plus 18. Game totals, only 1 and 4. Boo on the game totals, right? Minus 1.5 unit. I did learn a lesson, though. No more betting a side and an under in the same game because Wisconsin did it to me a couple weeks ago. Nor uh, Shockingly, Illinois even did it last week where the, my side was the winning side and the problem was they scored too much. They went over the total by themselves without even the other team needing to score a point. So we're going to scratch that from the repertoire moving forward. In terms of the team totals, much better. 8-5, and 1-1 one one last week. Could have been 9-4. Uh, lost that half by half a point. The Nebraska under 20 and a half. That's plus 4 units. And uh, this week we got no big bet. That's our half a unit plays. Two and two last week on the season, 14 and 15 minus half a unit. That gets much better as we move on to our bigger bet. We were three and one there last week. That increases our record to 22 and 11 on the season plus 11 units. Yes, thank you very much on the bigger bets. And it's going to be Iowa under 16 and a half. As I look into the analytics, They'll tell you Iowa's defense is one of the worst in the Big Ten, one of the worst in the country, really. They're 92nd per SP+. They are 115th in passing success rate. They are 117th in EPA per pass. It's expected point added per pass. They are 122nd in EPA per run. Now, Michigan is 7th in EPA allowed per carry and in SP plus defense. While PFF gives them a uh, run grade that's sixth in the country, this game is a mismatch, and it's no, it's most stark when Iowa has the ball against this stout, strong Michigan defense against teams ranked below 35th and SP plus offensively. An eight-game sample—that's two-thirds of the season. This is a solid sample, eight-game sample size. Michigan has only allowed 11.9 points per game. You know what the most they've allowed in those eight games? Just 17 points. Let's go further into Iowa territory because Iowa's in the 90s. So 35 or worse, Iowa's not even close to 35. So let's go teams that are ranked 70th or worse in SP plus on offense. Those are five games. Michigan has played five such opponents. In those five games... They allow 9.4 points per game. You know what's the most they've allowed in those five games? 13 points. So in both of Iowa's losses, they've managed just a single touchdown in each defeat. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Why? Because they were unable to create a single turnover in either game against Wisconsin or Purdue. Iowa needs turnovers to score points. They need their offense or their defense or their special teams, excuse me, to score points, their defense or their special teams, to help the offense. Now in Michigan, they face a team that is one of the best at protecting the football. Just nine turnovers turnovers all season. That's tied for the fewest in the Big Ten. Sixth fewest 
nationally. What else was an issue for Iowa in those games? Well, you fall behind, you have uh, uh, passing downs, passing situations, they can't block. So they could not block edge rushers like Nick Herberg of Wisconsin, who had two and a half of the Badgers' six sacks. Uh, George Karlaftis had one of Purdue's four sacks and three quarterback hurries. And now, who do they have to play? Oh, none other than the duo of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. Hutchinson has 13 sacks, set a Michigan single-season record. He's a Walter Camp Award finalist, potentially a Heisman finalist. And Ajabo, he's not too shabby either. He's got 11 sacks, and he's outstanding at stripping the football. So they're facing arguably the best two pass rushers in this, that they faced all season in the same game. Not arguably, this is the best duo they, they face. So the combo of Michigan's great defense against a bad Iowa offense, the inability of Iowa's defense to take the ball away against Michigan to create easy points, as well as the pass rush, to me, it's an easy under 16.5 for the Iowa Hawkeyes for our bigger bet of the week. And then finally, our biggest bet. Hey, there's only one game, so there's not going to be a lot of plays. We're taking, obviously, I think you know where we're going here, right? Michigan minus 10.5. These Wolverines proved last week to me that they are a legitimate national championship contender. That's right. I said it. Tell me why Michigan can't win it all. But before they get to the playoffs, they must beat the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are probably, I don't know, the second, third best team in the Big Ten West. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I think Wisconsin is, is a better team, uh, a stronger defense. I think you can make a case for uh, for Minnesota, maybe even being a tougher opponent for Michigan to face this week because of their their more diverse offense and they're just better they're better on offense. So I, I think this is just a total mismatch in my opinion. Uh, we know Iowa wants to run the ball, right? The problem is they're not very good at it. They're they're 11th in the Big Ten in rushing offense, as you know, in terms of per game as well as yards per carry. And Tyler Goodson. He's solid. He's rushed for 1,100 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. However, he's done most of his damage against teams in the bottom half of the Big Ten rushing, right? This is a 14-team conference. There are seven teams in the Big Ten that allow 3.5 yards per carry or less. The other seven teams, they allow at least 4.2. So it's not even close. There's a big difference there. It goes from 3.5, boom, to 4.2. So against the teams in that 3.5 range... They faced three of them. Goodson had 2.1 yards per carry versus Wisconsin, 3.3 yards per carry versus Minnesota, and 3.5 yards per carry versus Penn State with no rushing touchdowns in any of those three games. Um, They lost one of them. They They easily could have lost all three of those games. Now, how does Michigan's run defense stack up? Well, they're tied for fifth in the Big Ten, only 3.5 yards per carry. Other than the Michigan State game, the Wolverines have been very tough to run on. Last week, Mike McDonald's unit held Trevion Henderson, a future All-American superstar, potential first-round pick, to just 74 yards and 4.4 yards per carry. Arguably his least productive game when you factor in the amount of touches that he got against Michigan. And they did this all while being preoccupied with stopping the best passing offense in the country. They were still able to shut down the run, or at least very shut down in terms of what Henderson does to other teams, right? 
So I, I it's just a it's just a mismatch, folks. I don't see how Iowa scores. As I said earlier, the Hawkeyes, if once they find themselves in passing situations, whether it's because they're facing a lot of second and third and longs because they can't run the ball, whether it's because they're behind, that's when they're really going to be in trouble. This team, they average only 6.4 yards per pass. They complete uh, 54.8% of their passes. Only Indiana and Illinois are worse in the Big Ten in terms of uh, completion percentage. Everyone knows, yes, center Tyler Linderbaum, he is a stud. I would love if my New York Jets could draft him to anchor their offensive line and play at center, but their tackles are shaky. Pro Football Focus rates their pass blocking as 98th in the country, which is a disaster against those two bad men that I told you about earlier, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, two future first-round picks. Uh, Hutchinson potentially a uh, number one overall pick. Yes, he, they are that good, and I don't mean uh, he, they, Aiden Hutchinson is a non-binary person. Maybe he is. Maybe he identifies as they. I'm not sure. I meant he, Aiden Hutchinson, is a potential number one overall pick. They, Hutchinson, and Ajabo are future first-round picks in this upcoming draft. Now, that's the head of the spear. But this defense is good overall. They are 10th in yards allowed per coverage snap. Their secondary is rated 16th by Pro Football Focus in coverage. They have one of the most talented and deepest groups of safeties, led by senior Brad Hawkins, junior uh, Daxton Hill. This is typically why they have three safeties on the field. Uh, true freshman Rod Moore has been a beast. He's he's helped them out. He's a short tackler, taking down guys like Trevon Henderson in the open field, helping shutting down Jahan Dotson in coverage. Um, Hill's versatility in particular is key because he is excellent in coverage and plays a lot of slot. DJ Turner earned a job, starting job at midseason and is getting all Big Ten recognition. He looks like one of the best corners in the coverage in the in the conference. Vincent Gray had a nice bounce back season. We've talked about all year how this new defense really suits this group, and we saw it last week. And offensively, Michigan has the kind of rushing defense that, let's be honest, uh, Kirk Ferenz would have wet dreams about having a running game like the Wolverines have. PFF gives the Wolverines the fourth highest rushing grade in the country. In Corum and Hassan Haskins, they have two of the 11 backs who have uh, posted a rushing grade of 90 or greater in the country, two out of 11 in that Michigan backfield. Corum is one of the faster players in the Big Ten. He excels at making tacklers miss. He's got the home run speed. Hopefully he's even healthier this week. He missed a couple games and came back last week, broke off a 55-yard run against Ohio State. I'm sure if he was 100%, he would have taken it the distance. And then you have Haskins, the workhorse, who just always, he always seems to fall forward. The O-line has kept people out of the backfield. So, you know, if he can get two, three yards from the O-line, he's going to fall forward to get another one, two, three yards. They push the pile well. He's as good as any runner in the country when it comes to converting first downs or getting to into the end zone. He scored 18 touchdowns this season, one away from the Michigan record, which I expect he will likely tie, if not break, this week against the Hawkeyes. And yeah, I get it. You know, Iowa's run defense. They're one of those run defenses that, you know, are in the top half of the Big Ten that allow fewer than 3.5 yards per carry. 
but don't assume they're going to slow Michigan down because Hassan Haskins went for over 150 yards in three of his past four games. And you know who they played? 156 yards against Penn State. Career high, 169 yards and five touchdowns against Ohio State. These guys ran well against Nebraska. Corum returned last week, as I mentioned, against OSU. Uh, he had 87 yards rushing to complement Haskins. I'm not going to assume that they're going to be able to shut down the Michigan running game because other teams have been able to run the ball. As good as Iowa's defense is, they're kind of a bully defense that really hasn't played anybody. They faced two offenses in the top 50 in yards per play, just two. Iowa State in week two and Wisconsin in week um, excuse me, Nebraska in week 13. The only top 25 offense and total offense that they faced, Nebraska, again. The only uh, top team in scoring, in the top 70 in scoring. Top 70. They faced one team in the top 70 in scoring. That was Iowa State, right? And in those games, Iowa State actually outgained Iowa 339 yards to 173 uh, that's practically double the amount. And and they played Nebraska without their starting quarterback, Adrian Martinez. You had a freshman making his first start, and they still gave up 21 points in that game. While Minnesota rushed for 189 yards against them, right? The Gophers, a strong running game. They had 409 yards of total offense. Wisconsin's Braylon Allen went for 104 yards and averaged 5.2. So, you know, teams have shown that they can move the ball against Iowa. And I think I think it's fair to say Michigan's offense is the best one the Hawkeyes will have faced this year. And that includes Cade McNamara. They got a big edge for Michigan at the quarterback position. He leads an offense that is 11th in the country in EPA per attempt, expected points added per attempt, right? That's pretty darn good. For a guy you don't that doesn't get a lot of love, that's pretty darn good. And they have the fifth lowest rate of turnover plays in the passing game, according to Pro Football Focus. As we mentioned before, protecting the football is a key against this Iowa team. McNamara's three interceptions are the fewest among, among starting Big Ten quarterbacks in the country. He's got 8.1 yards per attempt, which is a solid number. It's not elite, but it's solid. He's handled himself well against the other really good defenses he's faced this year in two games against Penn State, number one in the Big Ten in yards per uh, uh, attempt, and Wisconsin, number one in the Big Ten in passing offense, uh, passing defense. So the two toughest defense to throw on he's faced. McNamara has five touchdowns, no interceptions, and both of those games were on the road. Right and and it doesn't hurt that Iowa will be without second team All Big Ten uh, corner Matt Hankins. Now, in addition to creating the turnovers, Iowa really relies heavily on their excellent special teams, which we talked about last week. They are fifth by SP plus, and that was a game changer in Lincoln. Right, they blocked a, a punt for a touchdown. That was a game changer in their win against Nebraska. But now they play Michigan who's actually a little better. They're second. So I'm not going to say Michigan has an edge, but Iowa kind of needs to have an edge if they're going to pull off an upset, and that's not going to be the case because two and five. So let's call that a wash. Now, finally, yeah, Iowa has only lost twice this season, but both times they lost, they lost by 17. They really weren't in the games 
at the end of the games. And Michigan is just as physical and stout as Iowa is. In some cases, I'd say more so. They have a monster edge in athleticism on both sides of the ball. And as we talked about, they have the significantly better quarterback. This is a special group from Ann Arbor, I believe, with a different vibe from previous Jim Harbaugh teams. And if you don't think it's different, did you watch the game against Ohio State? Have you watched previous games against Ohio State? This team is just a different bunch. Don't think this is going to be a letdown game. What letdown? They have the Big Ten title in front of them. You don't think this group is hungry to win the Big Ten, is hungry to make the playoffs? This isn't just about beating Ohio State for these guys. And I honestly believe, I've been saying this all year, right? Have I been wrong? This team is getting undervalued by the number all season long, which is weird to say for a name brand like Michigan. You think of that type of program more likely to get overrated, but they've been underrated all season long. I told you even last week they were underrated in terms of the number. Think of it this way. There are only two teams in the country who are ranked in the top 20 in both total offense and total defense, Michigan and the Alabama Crimson Tide, number three, Alabama. Now, there are only two Power 5 teams that are ranked in the top 15 in both scoring offense and scoring defense, Michigan and number one, Georgia. So they're nestled right in there with number one, Georgia, number two is Michigan in between Georgia and number three, Alabama. I really believe we've seen nothing on the field to indicate that Michigan is not in the caliber of those teams and doesn't have a chance to win the title as much, or in Alabama's case, I'd say better than Alabama. Now imagine if either Georgia or Alabama were just coming off a 15-point decisive win over Ohio State, who was number two in the country, ranked ahead of Alabama, just one spot behind Georgia, considered to be, oh, who are the, by far, right? Everybody thought Georgia and Ohio State by far, those are the two teams way ahead of everybody. Now, if Georgia or Alabama, you know, beat Ohio State by 15, how much do you think they'd be favored over Iowa? Come on, 10 and a half, that's that's a disrespectful line, in my opinion, and I've been telling you all year, this team is good. This team is legit. They're, and, and they're beating the number every week. Every week. All right, not every week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two times, two times they didn't beat the number out of 12. Not too shabby. I think you'll take it, and we're going to roll with them again. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to the winners throughout the season. I don't mind patting myself on the back a little bit. You know, I'm kind of proud of this. So, you know, I'm, this is not easy to do. I, I don't think, uh, you know, bottom line, like I said, it's not easy to do. I'm, I'm happy with what I've done with my record this year, 45 and 30. So we're going to go biggest bet where we're 9-4-1 and one on the season plus t- 10 units. Michigan laying the 10.5 against Iowa. Our bigger bet under 16.5. We're 22-11 and 11 there plus 11 units. Um, hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys have a happy uh, championship game season. Hope you've enjoyed the big Big Ten football show, especially our big bets episodes. And uh, hope you join us again for our bowl previews. Not sure how we're going to do that. I may do it on a game per game basis as well, uh, depending on how much I like every game and how many sides. I, I may bundle them up together you know, in bunches in terms of uh, games for the week. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, 
follow me on Twitter, Dan, um, Dan, the big man, B1G man, for more updates there. Uh, have a great championship Saturday, and uh, let's keep winning some money.